When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, before we get started, I want to tell you about Dodge. This spring, the Brotherhood of Muscle is looking for new members, and the only way to join is to get behind the wheel of Dodge's only family of all-wheel drive muscle cars. The Dodge Charger, the only muscle car in its class to throw you back in your seat with 300 horsepower and still get 30 miles per gallon. You know, the Dodge Challenger, you know, the groundhog didn't see its shadow. It heard the rev of the most affordable V8 in its class. And the Dodge Journey, maximize your adventure with the most powerful third-row all-wheel drive vehicle in its class. And certainly the Dodge Durango. Tear through April showers with the most powerful SUV with all-wheel drive availability in its class. Hurry into your Dodge dealership and start your introduction to the Brotherhood of Muscle. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, and here with Bill Goldberg. Buddy, how are you? Thank God for coffee. <laughs> right? It's, uh, uh, we're trying to crank out some shows, and uh, this is always um, uh, difficult to do. I appreciate it, buddy, coming up How'd here. How'd I get so big? Well, <laughs> Copenhagen and coffee. Breakfast to champions. <laughs> for all the kids listening. Good God. It was a joke. <laughs> um, well, not really. Uh, we've got some things going on. We've got some listener questions, but we've got some cool uh, uh, events and stuff that are coming up. It's kind of a, an, an updates on the cars. and uh, So let's get into it a little bit. You were just telling me about an event, a Vegas event with Travis Pastrana. Do you know yeah, the, yeah. What, what's the details Hi- on that? History reached out to me July the 8th. It looks like Travis Pastrana is going to attempt three of Evil Knievel's jumps. Um, first and foremost, the ill-fated uh, fountain jump. You know, at Caesars. Uh, yeah. I don't know a lot about it. I just know that the history reached out and asked if I wanted to be involved, and it's the day before I leave to go to, to Goodwood. But, yeah. um, you know, let's see if we can do it. I, I Hey, it sounds like an awesome event to me. So Travis is starting to do three stunts. Um, uh, what do you know about it, Chris? All right. So, yeah, the Caesars Palace fountain jump, and then he's going to attempt to break uh, Knievel's record of jumping over 50 cars. And also Knievel's record of jumping over fourteen buses. So which one's he going to do first? I don't. I don't know the order. It, it's just. I mean, it's three hours, so it could, be, it could really be anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of, of lead time going in between, and how you mentally prep for each one of these things, and physically, and physically, right? And uh, you know, because you never know. Like you, you land poorly, and do you do the next one? Do the next one? And and the bikes and, he's using are inspired by the bikes that 
evil used. Well, that's a bad idea right there. Wow. <laughs> I, can, I can just go ahead and tell you that's a terrible idea. Those big old bikes with no suspension travel or anything. I mean, you know, let's make sure oh inspired by could be the key word there. It could just be livery. I don't that's what I'm it'll just yeah. be the paint job. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. That. It could just be some stickers and maybe a cape with stars and stripes on it, and he'd be fine. But God um, help Travis. But that's kind of a crazy thing, right? Yeah, you know, it's shock television. That's what uh, we're all about these days. And History Channel with a lot of the uh, car content now. Yeah. Moving to the forefront. And, uh, hey, why not throw their hat in the, in the, the game and let's, let's, let's see some killer stunts successfully. Yeah. I have the bike. It's, a, it's an FTR 750. Uh, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put up a picture of Good it. Good God. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what that is. You have to find a picture of it while he's looking that up. I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about uh, our Dodge Spring Sales event. Hurry to the Dodge Spring Sales event today and become the newest member of the Brotherhood of Muscle. Check out this lineup. We have a Dodge Charger. You can own the road and the pump with up to 300 horsepower and 30 miles per gallon. The Dodge Challenger that we love. The most affordable V8 in its class. The Dodge Journey. The most powerful three-row all-wheel drive vehicle in its class. And we have the Dodge Durango, which is the most powerful SUV with all-wheel drive availability in its class as well. Your initiation to the Brotherhood of Muscle starts at your local Dodge dealership. All right. And... My Hellcat didn't get that much uh, (laughs) gas mileage on the way up here because I'm sitting in traffic the whole time. Oh my gosh! Yeah, what it is a little bit. That? It is a little right. That's that's what he's going to run now. You've got to be kidding me! We're, I mean, we're looking at this this Indian motorcycle. I'm not familiar with it, but it looks nothing like what I was expecting him to do. It's got to just be modified, crazy. Well, you know, no suspension question about travel. it. Like it that's looks like there's no school, suspension travel. Yeah, much. old school look. I mean, you can see modifications, update. There's no mm-hmm, doubt. The big brakes, but and, still. I don't. I don't know, man. He, hey, if anybody knows it, it's Travis. So, yeah, it's weird. Like, how do you even train for that? And then you know, like, it's such a it's such a big thing. It's such a crazy thing. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the car projects you guys got going on. How's your Mustang? It's good. I mean, we've been traveling so much. I haven't gone over and uh, done too much on it, but I'm. I, I realized what I did was is is I I built this rig to mount the supercharger, and I got it kind of where I want it to go. And there's a whole new front engine accessory drive kit, the serpentine belt kit, but the supercharger comes with a rather large belt tensioner. Mm-hmm. It has the tensioner with the pulley on it, and it's about double the size of what you'd normally see on and an you engine. It. And I just don't know where to put it. There's oh. no, it just hits the it you know, hits all the accessories, you know. And I've got to do it. So what I'm figuring out is if we make a mounting plate for the supercharger, and I take the the uh, the tensioner, and if I swap the pulley to the other side, we have to fabricate a, a spacer mm-hmm. and a thing to do it. If I flip it to the other side and kind of reverse mount. The, the tensioner, I might be able to get it to go on the belt from underneath the belt instead of Take pushing on the top of the compre- belt. Uh, compressor out. Yeah, I, well, I just, <laughs> I just put, it on, I put it on the other side so it wouldn't get in the way. What really is in the way is my power steering pump right well, now. You don't need that. Build your arms uh, up, man. It's a workout when you're driving. It, it, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, but we added so much more tire in the front that it's going gonna, it's gonna to definitely contribute to it. So now it's one of these tasks where you're like, 
well, I want to keep the air and the power steering, and I want to make this work. And this is the trial and error process that we go through. And Because at one point, I was like, this supercharger looks fantastic. I'm going to start making the brackets. I was like, oh, let me pull out that tensioner bracket for a second, that tensioner pulley. Oh, and see. Fuck. And it's like, there's no way this is going to work. So it's going to take some some custom work on it. Um, so we've got that going on. Uh, the guys over at GT Technic are still working on the Alfa Romeo. Uh, Spider, it's coming along great. They sent me pictures of the seats, all custom done. Uh, again, in the proper leather with the suede inserts. Um, it's beautiful and, uh, stuff, man. You know, at the end of the day, like all of us who are working on cars, are you ever going to get to drive it? I hope so. Like I, I drove it before it went down there, and then I think it'll be done soon. And I believe today, uh, as we're recording this, um, I'm going to go and pick up. Uh, I'm going to go and pick up the BMW M3. Um, the tune is supposed to be good. I still got to put some miles on it to reset the computer to get the emissions test done. But the mm. tune is supposed to be pretty strong. Uh, should be making good power. I don't have the dyno results yet. I'll get that for you guys at another time. Or follow all of my social media and I'll post it. But I've got the new brakes going on it. Um, it's got new uh, Brembo brakes going on, all four corners. And... Uh, uh, and sort of a segue for what you're going to talk about, I've got a new set of HRE wheels going on it. And mm-hmm. I can tell you probably now because the wheels are already out. As you're listening to this, the, the wheels are out. But HRE is bringing back their old 540 design that's a classic sort of mesh-style design that they did back in the day. And part of their classic series of wheels, they're bringing this design back. But, mm-hmm. of course, with modern fitments and all the customization and what and better coloring. car to debut the reemergence of it than yours? Well, thank you. And that's kind of what they're thinking was, <laughs> is they wanted something that kind of fit that era mm-hmm. in, in a 2001 E46 M3. And, of course, I've got it all modified with the brakes and mm-hmm. the supercharger. And it's got sort of the CSL-type front bumper cover and stuff on it so uh uh you know as you're listening to this it's it's we're actually recording this a few weeks in advance uh, just because of everybody's schedule but today i go and i pick up the car and we're gonna do some paint work and we've got the wheels and the photo shoot and it's all coming up pretty much in the next week um and uh so So you will be driving it from photo shoot to photo shoot we will we'll actually i'm gonna i'm gonna drive it we're gonna do put the new wheels and tires on shoot it with a polished wheel, and then I think I'm going to take the wheels and tires off that same day. They're going to send them out, powder coat to a color that I want, um, and then we're going to bring them back and shoot them, put them on there again. And uh, and hopefully next week or the next couple of weeks, um, we're going to have our, our friend Alan Peltier from HRE Wheels come in and uh, be on the show with us. Give us a little update of all the stuff he's been doing for us and how he's doing with the company and what's going on with wheels. And They get it over there. And you know, going down to the uh, – They're super smart. <laughs> they're super smart. They're super in tune to the passion. Yeah. Um, and, and they listen to their customers. That, to me, is the coolest thing because there's a lot of guys like you and me out there who are very passionate about their automobiles, and um, these people listen to what the customer wants. And and they – I mean, it was a tough process picking out the wheels for the Demon because, my God, so many of the choices over there are just – they're spectacular. So let's talk about that. This Demon project that you've been talking about for a while now, you're taking a Dodge Demon that's designed for essentially drag racing and turning it into a corner carver, a road racing kind of – 
you know, not race car, but a road racing car that's meant to handle. And part of that process was, was for example, when you put the, the racing wheels on, the drag racing wheels, it has a smaller set of brakes, has different suspension calibrations, all set up for drag racing. And you're moving toward more of a corner carver. So I'm basically giving the finger to everybody at Dodds for making this wonderful car that, you know, pops a wheelie and goes straight better than any other production car in the world. And I'm going, oh, well, you know, maybe you guys don't know what you're talking about because I want to turn it into a corner car. That's (laughs) not the case. The case is, and I'm paying homage to a car that they did an unbelievable job at, um, you know, a quarter mile car. Yeah. I just like to turn. Right, it's that's just, it. That's it. it. And it's how you want to use the car. You have the other one that you keep. Yeah, in, in and I'm not doing it because of any other reason than that. I just thought it would be a cool. Also, it'd be idea. a cool project. Let's just that, see what it, what it, what it, it takes. And you, you know, you get a couple manufacturers on board who also think you know the way that I do, and we're just trying to have some fun. But yeah, when you you know the the I picked up the demon a couple days ago. Uh, Nitto jumped on board. Man, unbelievable tires they put on this thing. You run them on your other car, too. I know you're running around town with some. Yeah, Mickey Thompson's, too, on some, some yeah. of the, the Hellcats. Um, they got a, cr- a great drag radio. Yeah. These, these tires, I mean, they're, they're crazy. But when you, the, the Demon, when you get it straight out of the box, um, it's a bit cumbersome. And it is completely set up to go straight, whether it be the suspension whether it be the steering, whether it be the brakes, it's meant everything is tailored to go straight as fast as humanly possible. Yeah. So once you deviate from that, the setup's wrong. So I'm changing everything that they did specifically to go straight. You know, they did, like I said, they did a wonderful job. It's not like I don't like it. It's just that I want to make it do a couple different things. Right. So the sidewall, uh, you know, on the original Demon is a much bigger sidewall. It's an 18-inch tire. Um, they're made to crinkle up and propel you forward. Right. Well, that's not what you're asking it to do when you're on a road course. So, therefore, you need a different tire, different specs. So, yeah. you decrease the sidewall, and then what do you get? Well, you get a tire that performs better, but it looks completely different. Yeah, it does. So, therefore... The the best analogy I can give you is get an a, a 1970 AA Arcuda right. or a TA Challenger and put a small wheel on the back, okay? Mm-hmm. It's, it does not look right. It's a car that's built to kind of look, have that big haunches, you know, jacked up kind of 70s look. Well, I took it away from that car to make make it perform better, but... I have to find a balance. At the end of the day, that's what this is about. It's finding a balance. You're never going to find exactly what you want that satiates everything you're asking it to do. You just got to, you know, give and take a little bit. So I'm still searching out there. Um, The fronts are absolutely gorgeous. The rears, I just need to figure it out. So uh, HRE made you the wheels already. I remember the car was over there before, and they were scanning, photographing, doing all kinds of stuff. Beautiful job. And uh, so they made a new set of wheels and stuff for you. And then this is a 20-inch now? Mm-hmm. 20-inch, Which yeah. will also allow you to step up to the bigger brakes because the brakes that were on it now are, are great. But as you want to get more aggressive in the turns, you want a bigger brake and that they're not going to fit in the Oh, 18th. it's a four-piston yeah. you know, front as opposed to a, a six-piston on yeah. the Hellcat. You know, they did it for a number of reasons. But at the end of the day, I'm asking the, the, the front brakes that I need a little more out of them. So, yeah, we got to change the six-piston. So in doing that, uh, the wheels and tire package that you have on it now, the the car is sitting 
peculiarly because uh, the rear sort of designed with a little bit more lift in the back to clear the larger drag radial that's on it. So now it looks like there's a little bit more wheel well gap in there. So we got to figure out maybe there's another tire option or maybe there's a lowering of a car or something like that to kind of figure that out. But that's that's what we knew going into this. There's going to be a little bit of trial and error uh, on getting it done. But I'm telling you, that combination right now looks badass. There's no doubt, man. (laughs) And I can't thank the people at at HRE enough. Um, We work with a lot of people here and – Fortunately, fortunately, we're able to go out and spend money and buy the product that we want. But when we partner with somebody, um, I'm great. Well, excuse me. I won't partner with anybody who's not of like mind and of like taste. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, you don't want to change yourself representing a product. So if they think along the same lines as you, as the people at HRE do, man, it's a wonderful partnership. You know, and a big thanks to our, our buddy Richard Waitis over at Magnaflow. My God, He's none of this would star. happen if it wasn't for Richard. I mean, I, I, I hate to bore all you people with mentioning Richard every single time that we're on this podcast, but truthfully... Um, He's been kind of spearheading that project, and indicative you know. of the car world itself. It's he, what does he have out, get? What, what skin does he have in the game? I mean, obviously, we're doing something good for Magnaflow at the end of the day. Yeah, um, but we're all having a great time. We're we're I like to think that we're all good people. Um, we're we're commonly bonded by our passion for cars. And uh, we're, this is just another chapter. Yeah. And, and he's he's led the way and opened the door for us to a lot of manufacturers. And um, it's, 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 again, uh, just a wonderful journey. The guys at Magnaflow did the exhaust on my, on my BMW. They've done it on my Mustang Cobra. And believe it or not, uh, Richard did an exhaust for my Alfa Romeo. Nice. <laughs> and uh, nice. I think um, their deal is like they do the exhaust for Centerline Alpha. They're a big mm-hmm. uh, restoration shop out here, like a big catalog mm-hmm. order place. And uh, Magnaflow makes the exhaust for them, which is no secret because they want good stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, you got to double check, but I think um, they took my old exhaust. They made a new exhaust for me, and they made it work for the S4, which is the, like, 90 through 92 or something, mm-hmm. uh, Alfa Romeo Spiders. And maybe through Centerline, you can get the Magnaflow exhaust. If not, certainly call them and ask because we've we've it's been done. And I think we were the first one to get it. But They're um, awesome, and I think my Demon was the first one to, to you know, have the headers installed in it. Too, yeah. So. It looks kind of uh, – uh, I got to get down and hear that thing. I'm going to go down and hear that thing with the full exhaust on it because the demon's already badass. But with the uh, with the full exhaust, I can see the grin in your face. It's so much fun, <laughs> man. That car should be illegal. Well, it probably is now. It but, probably is. Um, it's it's each and every day, man. We get more stuff put on it. You know, it's. Uh um, so I think we got a few questions that we're going to get to, but uh, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit more about this uh, Evans coolant stuff that we're working with. These guys at Evans Waterless Coolant. You know, we've mentioned it before, but the guys from Evans will be here on the show probably in the next week or two. To prevent the damage done by water in your coolant, these guys at Evans have developed the only waterless coolant on the market. With Evans Waterless Coolant, there's no w- water to vaporize or cause system pressure and boil over or sit or corrode or whatever, corrode the metal in your engine parts. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Goldberg's taking selfies. When the, uh, when the guys are here, we're going to talk about the benefits of waterless coolant and how this stuff works. And most importantly, we want to get your questions heard and answered on the show. So write in, or you can hit us up on social media, use hashtag waterless101. But really the best way to do it is, uh, is to write in at their website at evanscoolant.com forward slash fight back. 
Uh, so uh, check that out. We'll be sure to, to listen uh, next week or so and see what the guys from Evans Waterless Coolant have to say. Um, again, be sure to visit their site, evanscoolant.com slash fightback beforehand. But be sure to write in before next week's segment. Uh, fight back against water in your coolant with Evans Waterless Coolant. This is the solution to boil over and corrosion. All right, guys. And we'll put that link up on our website as well at carcashshow. Neither one of those sound like fun. Boil over or... You know, it's one of these things that you just like, there's there's no modification or benefit. Like you think to yourself, all right, if I use water, I use coolant, am I going to get more horsepower or whatever? And we overlook that all the time. But the truth is there is a better product out there. And I think these guys uh, have got it covered. So um, again, write in any of your questions, ask them whatever, uh, and then we'll get to those uh, next week or so. Um, Quish, Chris, what do you got? All right. And these uh, come from our <clears throat> listeners that if you have a non-coolant questions go to carcast show <laughs> gmail.com yeah don't uh, ask any cooling questions there <laughs> um all right so not this, everybody at once yeah. <laughs> this comes from les he writes hey guys do you think that there will ever be another production-based rotary engine car i had two rx7s and i really love the rotary less yeah okay so here's my thought on this if you're an rx7 fan uh i don't know if you are uh, no you no. you can take this one. <laughs> okay um, as far as I know, I would say do not expect a vehicle solely powered by the rotary engine. However, expect some sort of hybrid or range extender motor that is a rotary engine. So there'll be some sort of hybrid car, and uh, and they'll use the rotary engine as you know the range extender or the charging motor. Something along the lines of that. That's probably what's going to happen because you make it small and efficient and high RPM and and whatnot. Um, but that being said, man, if you ever go to any of the vintage races and you see those RX-7s that are running out there, they're just screaming at, at twice the RPM of everybody else. They just sound epic. They don't move that quick, but they <laughs> but they sound uh, they, they sound, sound like they're epic. going so, a hell of a lot faster. Um, I think that's kind of the thought process is use it as some sort of uh, supplement engine. Um, what else you got there? All right. This comes from Ike from the Untitled Car Show. He wants to know, what is the best worst car? The best worst car? Yeah. Well, I think Ike was here at one point, I think, from Untitled Car Show. He might have been here on the on the show with us. What is the best worst car? Oh, that's a good question. Do you have any thoughts on it? Like, is there a, is there a car that you love that's a disaster, but you love it anyway? I was looking at it from the other end. <laughs> yeah, this seems there, like it could be interpreted. Okay, is there ways. a car that? Uh, okay, uh, that that Buick crossover thing that looks like a shoe, uh, or the Tesla crossover thing that looks like a shoe. All of them that kind of look like a shoe. Yeah, uh, the Tesla's kind of like a weird egg shape. It thing, looks right? like a yeah. It looks like a a marshmallow with gold wing doors. Yeah. It's really it kind of does, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I honestly, I don't spend too much time worrying about hideous. Cars. I, I mean, I got to tell you, like when you start getting into the vintage world, oh, there's plenty of them out there. Some of those cars are terrible. You know, some of those cars are just they they just barely run. We were talking I mean, about the lawman a minute ago, yeah. Um, I, and I can kind of blend those together. There's a lawman Pinto out there, yeah. Is there? So that's a, that's one of the old worst, best of the worst cars, I think. 
Anything you drive and could be rear-ended and explode instantly has got to be in that worst category. Yeah. Look, I, I have a 91 Alfa Romeo Spider, and everybody tells you that it's an Italian car. And uh, people write to me all the time on on social media, and they say, if it's not leaking fluid, then it's empty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? uh, that's, if it's not leaking oil, then you should be – there's no oil in then it. you got to put oil um, in it. Yeah. But I love the car because I grew up with the car. And it was a car – it was one of the first cars I, like, tooled around on and wrenched on a little bit. So just uh, – yeah, is it a good car? Probably not. Is it fast? Definitely not. Does it look cool? I think so. Um, so it's probably a terrible car that I absolutely love. I, I wouldn't say it's the best worst car, but uh, um, it's something that has a, you know, it means something to me. So that's why I have that car. So, all right, this one comes from Logan. He's from Seattle. Good day. Looking for another toy. Currently have a summer-driven Corvette and a daily BMW. For twenty thousand cash, it seems like I could pick up a nice E forty six M three, or for a little bit more. A 996 Porsche C4S with the IMS bearing fixed. Point me in the righteous direction, O lords of swift transport. All right. So he's saying E46 or 996 Porsche. Both cars I like. You got a $20,000 budget. Uh, with twenty thousand, you cannot buy my E forty six. I was just going to say <laughs> you might want to change your uh, yeah uh, change your options. You, you cannot buy mine with twenty thousand, um, but uh, but we can talk. We can talk about it for sure. Unless the dyno doesn't go well, in which case I got to sell it for twenty thousand. There you go. Um, so uh, you know the nine nine six. If I remember correctly, um, some of them have. Uh, a cooling issue or it's a water pump issue or some sort of bearing in a water pump. Um, and for that reason, they are more affordable. Now, it doesn't mean you can't fix it and make a great car. And it doesn't mean you can't do some preventative maintenance and pick one up and then make that change. And I don't know what that change costs, but uh, here's a little uh, tip for you. That's only on the 911 with the base model engines. If you got a 911 Turbo 996, which are also it's not twenty thousand, it's probably <laughs> double. Yeah. But but that's a cool car as well. That's that's fairly affordable, certainly in the Porsche 911 world. It's a bitching car that doesn't have that issue. Yeah. You know. Um, uh, so I don't know. Do you go E46 or Porsche 911? Um, uh, you know, that's a tough one. I think you're going to do a little bit of work on either one of those. There's no um, doubt. Um, I, You know, for a guy that owns an E46, I'd probably say, for me, now I want a 911. <laughs> right? And uh, and maybe that means I go out and I get one one day. Or maybe, you know, when I'm done with my E46, I sell it and I buy a 911 because I haven't owned a, a, a Porsche. Mm-hmm. You know, but I've owned several BMWs. And there's a reason why I keep coming back to them. I've owned an E36. I've owned an E46. Um, have you owned? You obviously uh, never owned that 750 IL or whatever, man. No. I had like three of those. Things. You did? Oh, my God. You had some of the big BMWs. They were fast when they ran. Always yeah. issues. Yeah. Always is. Uh, my brother had a 5 Series, and we changed intake manifold gaskets on that thing. Yeah. Yeah, so we we had to do some work for that. What year is uh, is your Porsche, Wanda's 92. Porsche? 92. Yeah, I like how you <laughs> fixed that. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to go home if it was mine. Um, it's hers. Uh, is that the one you guys are going to put some new HRA wheels on? Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah. Good deal. Um 
Have you had any other 911s? I had the uh, that uh, 2003 Twin Turbo that yeah. I sold to Jesse James, that silver one. Oh, that's right. You were telling me about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love the car. Um, I, I just, I didn't like it's. It was too drivable. I want to be living at the seat of your pants. You know, I, I don't want to be able to go, you know, around a corner, steer with my finger, and I want feedback. I want instant feedback. I want to know that I can cross that line. You know, if I'm not careful, you know, just well, like I said. I don't need to explain it. I just need to tell you that I sold that and bought the 92 Turbo. Yeah. That's what I wanted. You know, the, you go around the corner in that car and get half throttle, you're going to die. Yeah, that's a cool car, though. So That car I like. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to go with Porsche just because I haven't owned a Porsche, and I get it. And I, I've been crushing on them recently. That new Targa. They're I'm great cars, with. man. You won't you won't <laughs> lay off of that car. Why don't you go out and freaking buy one, for I God's know. Sake. I just got to sell all my stuff first. Well, there's a there's some good to that. That's called consolidating. I'm a good teacher, but not a good pupil. <laughs> I noticed that actually. I've noticed that a bit. Um, uh, all right, what do you? I got one last one here. Okay, this is from Garrick. Hey guys, I love listening to Adam on the podcast, and have really enjoyed what Goldberg has added to the other show. I have uh, I have a 1972 El Camino with a two barrel 350 engine and a 350 transmission. Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. My grandfather purchased the car new, and when he passed, it became mine. I just hit 40,000 miles with it. It's in very good condition and nearly 100% original state, but it's not a stylish car. I'm going to put a photo of it. Oh, he sent in a photo. All right. The hell that isn't. No, that looks good. <laughs> I'm in my mid-30s, so I can't appreciate the more eccentric 70s colors or see the appeal of a base model car. It's two-tone golden brown and silver with a tan vinyl top. It clashes horribly. That's freaking gorgeous, dude. <laughs> well, it, it's so ugly, it's gorgeous. First off, thanks for listening. Thanks for the kind words. We really appreciate that. Hold on. I want to see if he wants to sell it. <laughs> yeah, well, he, yeah there's, there's, there's more. I like the golden brown, but I really would want to make it an SS clone with black rally strips and a black top. I also wouldn't mind changing the exhaust and changing the carb to a four barrel. It would be the same thing you see with every GMA at uh, every GMA body at Cars and Coffee. My question is: Is it dumb to change a nearly stock car if it didn't already have the most desirable options? I don't plan on selling it, but I wouldn't want to make a huge financial mistake. Do I just enjoy this car as it is for a Sunday drive, the way my grandfather had it? Or keep and keep it unique, or do I spend the time and money to turn it into my ideal car that would be a dime a dozen? Thanks for doing the show. I really enjoy the new yeah. format. Keep up the good work. Great question. What do you think? There is no perfect answer. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's his freaking car. He does what he wants to do with it, not what he thinks is right to do with it. At the end of the day, it's in his hands now. Okay? Any decision he makes is a good one because it's the decision that comes from his heart. There's a lot of ways he can go with it. Yeah. But I'm a firm believer that it's not bastardizing the car in any way, shape, or form if you – if you modify it, because it it's your car, it's in your it's been in your family the whole time, and he's paying homage to his grandfather by continuing to have it. Now, if he modifies it, it you know there's a lot of trains of thought. Hey, ten years ago, if you would have told me, uh, I'd say don't even touch that car. There's no way you got to keep it original. 
Yeah. But there's there's train you know, there's different trains of thought. I okay. I agree with you. And that being said, I'm gonna disagree. <laughs> no, I'm not. You, you may, absolutely. <laughs> I think that thing is badass. I like I that it, it is unique. I love the vinyl top. I love the color combination. In our photo, maybe it's looking coming off a little more like greenish with a tan top. Um, and I think you said brown or something in there. But I think it looks cool. From here, it looks like it's in great shape. <laughs> and uh, it. And you're right. It's not something that you see all the time. And you couldn't turn it into the El Camino that we've seen at, at SEMA and a bunch of other places. So my idea would do this, would be uh, – I, I like your, his ideas on some of the modifications. You want to put exhaust on it? Fine. Put the exhaust on it. You want to put the, the stripes on it? Go to a vinyl guy. Put some stripes on the hood. Leave the rest the way it is because that's cool. If you did your black stripes or something on the hood but left the vinyl top and the rest of it, that was going to be really kind of special. And you know what? If you don't like it, you, you know, after six months or a year, take the vinyl off. You know, and if you want to swap it to the four bar- barrel carb, take the original manifold off in the two barrel carb, no put it on the shelf, keep it, you know, go with your aftermarket four barrel. It'll give you a little extra pep in your step, and the exhaust will give you a little bit more sound to it. And the stripes might be look cool, but the rest of it I would kind of keep the same. I like it the way it is. I think it's pretty cool. But we're older, even- remember? We can appreciate when that car was new. Okay, he's he's younger. He can't. So, does is it is it is it more of an homage to his grandfather by him keeping it and modifying it and enjoying it more the way he's modified it, or is it more of an homage to keep it exactly the way that it was, but not personally appreciate it as much as he could? Yeah, it's a it's a toss. I'm going to go and say Grandpa was a nice guy by giving you the car, but maybe he beat you all the time and he gave you this thing as a as a prize afterwards for so I don't can't so tell change you. it. <laughs> so yeah, I couldn't tell you which way to go with this one. Maybe grandpa was a douche, maybe grandpa was awesome. But at the end of the day, like we <laughs> you know, said, man, it's your car. Um you're the you're the curator now and uh, make yourself happy. Yeah, there you go. So have some fun with it. But I'm telling you, that photo looks cool. It looks I'd like keep it's it exactly great, the way it's it is. Such man. Great I love shape. that car. Um all right guys, we're gonna we're gonna we're going to shorten this one up a little bit. We've got uh, more guys coming in. So, um, look, we appreciate you uh, listening to CarCast. This is what we're going to do. We've got, we've got two of Bill's credentials from when he went out to, uh, to the drag race. We've got, got the lanyard. We've got the lanyard. When I did tickets. the driver's introduction for Bristol. Um, so we've got two of these things here, um, all uh, in the in the plastic sleeves, the lanyards, and got the tickets and stuff. And uh, just for fun, if you guys want one of these signed by Bill Goldberg, yes, sir, just jump on iTunes, give us a nice little rating, give us a nice little review, and I'll check the dates, and we'll randomly pick two people, and we'll send out one of these to each of you. So what you got to do is uh, you go on there. You leave us a nice review, a nice rating. Tell us how you like the show. And then maybe next week or so, I'll call out uh, – well, we'll get you a sharpie in a second. I'll call blue out one. two names. Oh, here you go. This one's green. Blue one. Give me blue, blue, one. blue, blue, blue squeeze. There you go. I'll call out two names, and then you got to email us with your address, right? So uh, go on to iTunes, leave us a nice review, a nice little rating. 
Tell us how you guys are liking the show or what you want to hear on future episodes. I'll pick two names out of there. We'll send you each one of these lanyards. But you got to listen to the show again because that's how you're going to know if you win, right? So I'm going to ask you. I'm going to say someone's username on iTunes. Email us at carcastshow at gmail.com, and uh, we'll, we'll mail you out these things. And uh, signed by Goldberg, because you signed just now. So we got it. Um, all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our show. You can follow me at Motorator. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, follow up on the car projects where we're going. Man, we're going and, uh see pictures from the Indy 500 and, and hopefully – I can't wait get, to hear you, know, you download after that trip. Uh, it's going to be great. It's a, it's a quick trip. but We're going to be screening our Willie T. Ribs documentary there uh, as well. Um, as you're listening to this, it already happened, but uh, – uh, we'll get more into it. <laughs> we'll get more into it on the next show as well. Follow Goldberg. He's on Twitter at Goldberg and Goldberg Garage. And follow him on Instagram at Goldberg95 and Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. You can see pictures of that demon. You can see those pictures of the new HRE wheels. You can see what's going on with all of these projects. And uh, we got to grab some video at some point. Bill, I'm putting this on you, of the demon firing up so we can hear that exhaust. I think what I'm at, see, this is, this is <laughs> way in the future, but I think uh, we've got the penultimate episode of uh, Knife or Death tonight, so I think I might have to throw a little burnout up on Instagram when I get home. Yeah. All right. And then uh, Nid will send more tires. All right, guys, thank you so much. And uh, until next time, uh, for Matt and Bill, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheels.